Welcome to Femme Collective with Katie, Stacy, and Mai. Hi, everyone. So many of you know that Stacy, Mai, and I are all moms, and all of us actually have daughters. Mai and Stacy have sons too, but I just have the one girl. So we know how important. It is to have a firm, strongly rooted relationship with our daughters. And we want to do our very best to avoid the common pitfalls that we know exist um, in this very important lifelong relationship. Mm -hmm. So you'll hear that like usual, we have a lot of different perspectives on this topic, but when we were kind of talking about this and, 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 you know, being open to talking about this as an episode, we learned that we actually have a ton of overlap um, between what are, you know, um, among what our priorities are for our daughters and the way we want to raise them. We realize that these concepts that we'll talk about today really apply to any child and parent, but there are some things that are more specifically um, concentrated in the relationship between mothers and daughters. And so that's what we're going to try to focus on today. So we also hope that you as a listener may even recognize some of these concepts in your own relationships with your own mother or how you want to parent your own daughter. So the first thing I wanted to bring up is I'm currently reading a book. So this is super timely. I'm reading a book called you're wearing that question mark by Deborah Tannen. So you can imagine what it is. It's about, you know, the communication styles between mothers and daughters and how it seems to be so fraught with just potential minds like landmines, you know, um, you can think back to your time as a teenage girl. I bet everyone here can think back and like almost everything your mom said probably upset you. Right. And, and I'm not even sure any of us have really dealt with that or ever like kind of dove in deep to understand why that existed, but this book does that. And I think it's really important because there are some super common pitfalls that we can try to avoid. Mm -hmm. And that's the context through which I am reading this book of how can I try to avoid some of those things with my own daughter even though she's really not yet at a formative point. I mean, not, not quite yet at 17 months old, but still I think beginning really early is super um, important. I'm going to link this book in the show notes. So if anyone wants to take a look, it's really, really good. So Deborah Tannen is a professor of linguistics at Georgetown university, and she's an author of many other books on communication styles. So the book that I'm reading again, you're wearing that is a book about the communication styles between moms and daughters. Um, And this is so important to me as my daughter grows up because I really want to understand her better and be of the, and be aware of, you know, different things that could trip us up. So one of the most interesting concepts in the book is that of a meta message. The author talks about kind of two different levels on which we speak, just the regular normal message like the words that we're saying and how they're defined versus the the meta message is like more of the broad, the broad way you're delivering the message. And it's based on your past experiences with that person. So as an example, it would be like, if your spouse told you, um, I'm going to cook dinner tonight. 
And, and like, just on its face, that sounds like a very nice, helpful thing, but imagine that is it, that you overlay that one comment with, you know, the last month or so your spouse has been on you about like, you're not cooking the right meals. You're not cooking them healthy. You're not cooking them on time. I don't like the way you cook. I don't like the food you've chosen. And so instead of taking the message, just the words, you of course are interpreting that that message as the meta message condescension or not being happy with who you are or how you, or how you are as a helpmate uh, to quote my, she's, she's so good about, um, about calling herself that for her husband, but you know, so, so you don't take it as just the words and anyone can imagine this, like think back to some of the arguments that you've had with your spouse and think about how they might say, what are you talking about? All I said was I was going to make dinner. And they're right. That is all they said. And you've never quite been able to put it into the context of what you mean by like, yeah, but that's not what you mean, right? It sounds like almost petty as you're saying that, but finally there's this like definition, this like differentiation between the message and the meta message. And those things are very important. So while this example has been about, you know, spouses, um, truly we can, we can make sure that our overarching meta message with our children, with our daughters in particular, is one of like acceptance, love, understanding. And so when we do say something, it is taken as we mean it. And I think that's something that is really important to me, Um, especially after reading this book. I'm like, oh my gosh, I am going to have to really try to do better in life (laughs) when it comes to this baby girl. And so one, there's one thing, there's one of the most important lines in this book highlights something that the author calls the three most important things a daughter is looking to her mother to provide. And that is understanding acceptance and approval. So if you think about that, you want to be able to understand your daughter, like really, truly get who she is accept her for who she is. And therefore this thing that she continues to seek that we all seek as children from our parents is approval. And therefore she receives that automatically. One quote I really wanted to share about daughters feeling fully seen and known by their mothers is this one. When women told me their mothers didn't see them, they meant that their mothers didn't see them as they saw themselves didn't see and hence didn't value the qualities they most valued in themselves. Why should this matter so much? Why is it a disappointment worth mentioning to me when I asked women about their mothers? Because for many of us, our mothers are the measure of the world. If they don't see us for who we think we are, we wonder whether we're right about who we are. And I really thought that was so powerful. So there comes into play the understanding and the acceptance that I plan to be so committed to giving my baby girl. And I'm really glad that I'm saying it's such a public forum right now (laughs) so that someone can hold me accountable. So did you all have anything that you thought about what I said about this book? Does it make you want to read it? I mean, it it definitely makes me want to read it. And I hope to read it because I have a nice long book list. But no, I I love this. And I know our focus today is, you know, mother-daughter relationships. But I I do, what I love about it is that honestly, you can 
just extend it to also your relationship with any of your children. I mean, you, you really can. And then that's what I wrote it down when you said understanding, acceptance and approval. And I thought of, OK, I feel like that's the same thing that a son wants from their father. Right. Mm-hmm. It's almost like because it is it is a special relationship when we're talking about the same gender. What my son gets from me is not the same thing he's going to get from his father. What my daughter's getting from me is not the same thing she's going to get from her father. So I, I just love that you put it into that and you've explained the whole meta message thing, because now I just learned a new word that I could just be like, tell my husband, I don't appreciate your meta message. OK, <laughs> <laughs> you got to you know tell about this. Oh, no, no, no I will. Oh, I will. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that really helps even it helps me think about arguments that I might have with someone or when I feel like I, there's an outsized reaction to something, mm-hmm. maybe the situation itself doesn't make sense that I would feel a certain way or feel like as bad as I do feel. It was just such an aha moment as I read that, like, of course, that's how you interpret messages based on your entire relationship with that person. And so that means that As our daughters grow up and we have something to say, like, oh, I don't think you need to be wearing that. Right. And there, there will come a time. I imagine that we will say something like that, but if we can say it because we've built this relationship of trust and love and that they know that we're saying it from, from that kind of place, not a place of disapproval, but rather a place of love and kindness and caring and compassion. Hopefully we can make sure that the meta message is on point too. I love that. I, I think what stands out for me and what you outlined was really the acceptance and the approval piece, just knowing personally that it was so important for me and my mother, as far as it relates to acceptance and approval, like in that relationship with your mom. And even for sons too, and we talked about how it's different, but the mother is such a critical relationship. That's your very first connection to love. Before you meet your dad, you are inside your mother's womb. You are connected to her body, her heartbeat. Like this goes so much deeper than just I'm your mom. Like I'm Mm -hmm. connected to you in every single way. You're the first person I've felt like the energy there is just so strong. And that's why these things are so deep and so important. And even to this day, I know I've noticed that I'm looking for my mother's approval and I'm like, I'm 36 years old. I'm, I'm a confident woman. I'm confident in who I am. I know who I am, but there's still this sense of pride that I get when my mom comes over and helps me with my kids and compliments me on how well I'm handling everything. She'll say things like, I see you handling a full-time career and doing well at that. She'll say things. And I also see how you are trying to keep this household together and how you're a great mom. And the way that that warms my heart is to another level than if somebody else was to say that. Mm -hmm. And that's because of their relationship. So even into adulthood, we still need that. And like Katie said, it kind of holds me accountable to a point of, I need to be sure in all of my messaging and all my interactions, which I do try to do some of this already, that in my words and my approach, I'm communicating those three pillars. I'm commuting, I'm communicating that I see who you are. I see your traits. I see what you like about yourself. I see I see who you are and I accept you for who you are and I approve of it by validating who you are and saying that I love those traits and that I'm just speaking life into my daughter. Like our words 
and the, the words that we speak into our daughters are so powerful more than we probably will ever comprehend. So I love that she pointed that out in the book and it keeps me mindful to make sure that in my interactions, I'm building her up. Well, you know, that really reminds me because you mentioned a couple of days ago, maybe last week about, you know, really trying to see your daughter, understand who she is uh, and, and try to get at what her love language is, or that's something that you are, uh, you know, kind of observing and, and finally it's being revealed in her. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So I'm sure a lot of people have had, have heard this book. I think the author is last name is Chapman. It's called the five love languages. It's a pretty popular book about relationships and there's one for marriages. There's, I think there's one for you and your kids, but it's similar to that in that I've tried to pick up on what's important to her. How does she best receive love? And so I'm, I have like antennas on where I'm attuned to it. So I listen to the things that she says repetitively. Like she'll say to me very often, are we going to spend time together? I love it when we spend time together. Those words pierce my ears because I'm picking up on the fact that this is very critical to her heart. This is very critical to how she accepts and receives love. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to take the approach of being unique in how I show her love by making sure I prioritize spending quality time with her and not just when she initiates it, but for me to try to initiate it as well. Like, Hey, do you want to go do a pedicure together with your little kit? Do you want to go make an art piece? Cause she loves doing art. So like, I'm trying to make a concerted effort to make sure that I'm meeting her with where, where her heart is above how I would prefer to receive love, because that's not necessarily the best way for me. I'm an acts of kindness kind of, kind of gal, but that's not her. And that's okay. And I love that she's different than me. So that's, that's one of the things that we talked about early. So earlier, so Katie, thank you for reminding me to share that. Yes, Stacey, along those lines, I love how you explained that. And it's kind of resonated um, with me ever since I did hear you mention it being that I re- when I first read that book, I read it with the goal of showing my spouse, you know, um, loving, uh, filling their love tank better. And then now it's almost like I'm, I'm, I've, I've shifted some and, and I'm trying to focus on how can I fill my kids love tank because we all have them. And then obviously the love we get from our parents mean that much more. But one thing I did want to say before I even shared this thought that I thought was like, when you were talking, Stacey, you said, um, you know, like when your mom compliments you, it's something that you know, it it means you because you want that approval, that acceptance. But I even just thought of it now we're talking, if if we're saying that mama trauma stings more, of course, mama compliments mean more, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, wouldn't they? So that's where like, I I just love how sometimes one way to color our relationship with our daughters is find those opportunities to compliment your daughter, the random moments, the moments where you may think are insignificant. But when you do that, that's when you're really showing them, I accept you. I approve of you and I love you. And then when I'm trying to fill her love tank using her love language, I'm going to show her I understand her. And along those lines, also one thing is one thing I want to definitely do for my daughter is just to celebrate her differences. And and I say this mainly because I've already seen that my daughter and I are very different people. Um, <laughs> no, I, I love I love her sass. She probably gets that from me. I love how she's very decisive. I know she gets that from me. But there are many things where she's a very very feminine young girl, which is, which is great. I mean, she, she loves her nails to be did. She loves her pink dresses and her, her little fake heels. And I am, and I mean, you have to, 
it's got to be a special occasion for me to wear heels. I mean, not even to church. I don't wear it to church every week because I just, it hurts. I, I don't enjoy wearing <laughs> dresses all the time, but I don't enjoy wearing dresses all the time because I got some thick thighs and we don't need them to rub together for a long period of time. So there's just a lot of things I don't necessarily personally prefer. And I've seen my daughter already that she will. And um, I, I want to, as a person that doesn't have a good poker face, I, I'm, I'm trying to be intentional. And when she tells me she wants something, if there's no real reason for me to tell her no, other than the fact that I don't want to do it, <laughs> but not a real reason like this is going to harm you. This is not for you. You know, I want to say yes, embrace it. If she wants to wear a dress to bed, why not? If she wants me to paint her toenails pink, why not? I mean, there are different things. And if she wants me to play with her and her dolls and feed them. Why not? I don't even remember having a doll as a child <laughs> because I had three brothers and we didn't have time to play with dolls. So it's just it's little things like that where I've already noticed that my daughter and I have so many differences and I'm trying to be cognizant of the fact that I just want to celebrate them and I want to hone in on them and let her know that I understand her better and accept her and all of her, her differences from my own, because I don't want her to think that she has to live up to who I am. I don't want to make her feel like I am the standard. And if she's not me, or if she doesn't do the things I did, then she's not good enough. And it's definitely something I, I, I think my mom, my mom is an amazing mother and she never did that for me. It was very clear that we were different people and she did celebrate the differences within me. But I do notice that even, even though she was great, there are times I compare myself to her. And I just want to take it a step further, even than my mom did for me, and just make it very clear, like, you are great. You are perfect mm -hmm. in God's eyes and in mine. And I just want you to, to know that I understand, accept, and approve of you. Mm, like, And we love them exactly as they are. And I, I remember being pregnant and one of my biggest fears was I don't want to be over involved in her life and, and try to push her in a direction that I think is best in terms of like interests and things like that. Like, of course I will guide her life, yeah. but I don't want to make her into what I think she should be. I want to be there for who she becomes and I want to cultivate that in her. Yeah. And Katie, that reminds me of another story we had talked about earlier too with um, Red Table Talk. I love this episode where Will Smith, he describes his relationship with his daughter Willow and how that transformed because he had a very, very clear point of view when it comes to work ethic and how to prioritize that. Like, and the whole thing about like feelings, he wasn't really that concerned about that kind of thing. And so he shared how he, how he grew as a parent and he, he described this depiction that I really love. And he just, it stuck with me and resonated with me. And he said, your kids are like a seed, like you're going to get the DNA that you're going to get. You're going to get the characteristics. Your job is to cultivate that seed, to help it grow, to give it a good environment where it can thrive, but you're not going to change that seed. If it's a flower, you're not going to change that seed. If it's an apple. And it also made me think about, I, I just love the consistency that God gives across things. It's like, it's consistent with like even plants, like he creates us the way that we are. And then we have to help support one another in community to become the best versions of ourselves and motherhood. Parenthood is very similar to that. You're so right, Stace. Now, I think that this might be a good time for us to turn towards 
something that is so near to all of us. Uh, we've all experienced this in life and in society. And so I know we all kind of have different thoughts on this, on creating body positivity in our daughters and how that is going to be so important for us. Um, my angle with it is, is really about weight and the size and shape of whatever my daughter's body might look like. I saw this funny, um, like kind of meme the other day where it was like, okay, here are the instructions for how you talk about your daughter's body. I like swiped and it was like, number one, put some tape over your mouth. <laughs> number two, try, make sure nobody can hear you. Number three, try to say it out loud, you know, and it, it was obviously saying like, uh, never, ever talk about your daughter's body. I mean, I really think that this is something that is emerging as I think in probably 15 or 20 years, we'll look back and go, Oh my gosh, I can't believe we did that. But for me, my daughter is in like the 95th percentile for height. Me and her dad are both tall. So sometimes I'll hear people say, wow, that's a big baby. Mm-hmm. And it, and I'm so, I cringe so much because I don't want anyone to comment about her body. I don't want to comment on her body. And I even have to hold myself back from saying things like, oh my gosh, look at this cute little belly or look at these arms that are so cute because I don't want her. I, at some point I don't, what I really want to try to avoid is her tying her value to the shape and size of her body. I don't want that to happen. And I know that we're going to get into a lot of this because each of you have very um, specific goals and priorities when it comes to body positivity and eating well and exercising and how we're going to talk to our children about that. So it is not, it's not suffocating for them later in their life. It is something that's really positive. Yeah. And along the lines, what you just said, Katie, it made me think of a conversation I had with a, with a friend the other day. Um, and we were talking about our daughters, our small daughters, both of them are, I think her daughter's three, mine's four. And it was more so just, you don't want to talk about their bodies. Like you said, we shouldn't, but I mean, we want to compliment them and, and, and they, they should be complimented. So I just love what she shared with me where, where she said that she's very aware and tries her best that when she compliments her daughter, like her daughter's like, Oh, mommy, how do I look in this dress? She'll say something like, you make that dress look so pretty. Like almost like taking away from like not saying that that dress looks nice on you Mm -hmm. um, or like that hairstyle looks nice on you. It's more so like you make that look so pretty. And then and and I just I love that. And it because I'm going to compliment my, my my daughter. I mean, if my daughter looks good, I'm, I want her to know you look good. So yeah. it's almost like we don't, I don't want us to go to extremes. And that's why I feel like sometimes we do that. You know, mm. we, we want to avoid something, the, the negative in something that we even like avoid the good. And it's where, um, so that's where like, I, I thought of that when you were saying about commenting mm-hmm. on your daughter, I, I, I want to comment it. It's just like reframing it. And that's what, that's what she helped me kind of get at. That is such a cool way to do that, to be like, no, no you don't look good in that dress, that dress, you make that dress look good on you. I think, I think that's true. I just worry about, I mean, I worry about finding the right balance with this. Cause you're right. I don't want to never, ever tell my daughter that she looks pretty or nice, but I did read some, maybe some things that 
we might be able to say instead, you look so strong or you look so healthy or you look so happy or something like that, I think is really good. Like for instance, my sister is a like phenomenal athlete, big time CrossFitter. She has like the most amazingly toned muscles. And I think that there have been times in her life where people may have uh, reacted negatively towards that. And, and, you know, as women, sometimes we're like, oh, I don't want to do that. That'll make me look too bulky. And my sister's always like, yeah, you have to eat like very, very precise macros and work out super hard to get to look, you know, like you have these, um, what are these muscles up here? Traps. So when I, when I see my sister and, you know, she lives across the country and with COVID, we didn't see each other for a long time. When I see her, I tell her, you look so strong. I'm so proud of you. I don't tell her like, oh, you look so good because what if next time she doesn't work out for six months? And then I don't say the same thing, you know, that, that equates it with good. And so I just, I think some of this stuff is going to be trial and error. I just want to try to be cautious of some of it, be cognizant of it, not completely rule out, you know, giving your child a compliment ever, but trying to figure out the right balance of that to not have them not tie their value to their, their body size or shape. Yeah. I think those are things that we need to be thinking about because what's kind of coming through with what both of you said is this balance, right? Like I think historically, a lot of the time with women in particular, there has been this huge focus on looks. So like, even, you know, when you see strangers and I've even seen, I've seen people do it to my daughter too. Like somebody sees you and they think that you look nice. Like, oh, she's so pretty or she's beautiful. And I, I appreciate the compliment, but then if that's the only compliment you're used to hearing, then you place this inordinate amount of weight and value on appearance. So I do think it's something that we need to be more cognizant of. And as a mother, for me, I'm going to try to make it to where about 90% of my comments have nothing to do with her appearance. They have to do with her intellect, how God sees her, who she is in Christ, period. And then when she does look nice, I, I see her when she looks in the mirror and she's dressed up. She has pride in that. Like, and that's not something I taught her. Like she's been like that from the beginning. The girl likes what she sees in the mirror when she looks nice. And it's so cute (laughs) and beautiful. And I want to validate that. Like you like how you look. Yeah. You look so good. You look beautiful. I'm not going to not say that because I love the connection that I have with her through that. But again, I'm going to try to be cognizant that that's not the, that's not the dominant type of compliment that I give to her. And it makes me also think about the fact that women, and for me personally, there was this long journey into me getting to a point where I felt accepted, adequate. My It comes back to value, how I see myself as being worthy and valuable. And that's been a journey. And I think it's going to continue to be a journey for me because I'm not hundred percent there, but I've come so far. And that's because my value for me is ultimately rooted in being a child of God. Nobody can take that away from me, right? Like you can call me dumb because I used to have some inadequacy. Like people think I'm stupid sometimes or I say dumb things. Like just me me being vulnerable here or people may not like the way that I look or whatever, but that can all be said by other people. But me being a child of God cannot be taken away. So my value is rooted in that. 
That's the biggest thing for me as a mom. I want my daughter to know that her value is rooted in her being a child of God, not how she looks, not how smart she is, not how well she performs at sports that we put her in or at school. Her value is in and of alone and of itself and rooted in who she is. And so that's a focus for me as a mother as well too. And just speaking more broadly about the body image thing, like Katie mentioned, my and myself, we're really into our fitness. We're into our nutrition. And I have three main reasons that I'm into that. One of them is one of the primary reasons is my health. Like I want to sustain a healthy lifestyle. One of the other primary reasons is I, and I've talked about this before, I want to be there for my children and their children and their children, as long as I possibly can on my own accord. And the other reason, if I'm being frank and honest, I like how I look when I work out. Kay talked about muscles. I like how I look when I build muscles in the right places. I like when my husband sees that I'm building muscles in the right places. And he sees that, like, I take pride in that. So I can't sit here and say that the physique aspect of it is not important to me. Is it the majority? No, because if it was, then it wouldn't be lasting. But is it a nice piece to it? Most certainly I enjoy it. And you'll see me taking selfies of my physique that I'm building and I will proudly continue to post them. (laughs) (laughs) But how do you, how do you talk about that with your kids though? Because when you talk about eating well and exercising, how do you do it in a way that conveys that in a healthy way that isn't about, Hey, if you want to look good, you know, here's what you do. But instead, if you want to feel good, if you want to, you know, kind of run longer, like, how do you do it? And that's where like along the whole body positivity uh, thing that that's my focus. I mean, 100%, Mm -hmm. we are all made so differently. And some people are like, I'm big boned. That's not a thing. It doesn't matter. Some people are bigger than other people. Like that's just going to be a fact. And we may be eating, the, the right macros for our body or the right stuff. And it just doesn't matter. So one thing that I that I've focused on, especially in the last year, but really, I mean, even the way my mom raised me is, is understanding like, you know, why do we eat vegetables? Why do we eat certain vegetables? What do they do to us? What do they provide us with? Why do we eat certain fruits? Why is it that eating too much processed sugar, it causes inflammation in your body. And if you're sick, you shouldn't try to do that. You don't want to weaken your immune system. Like these are the real conversations that I, my husband and I have with our kids. My son is six and he knows I have a runny nose. I can't have sugar today. Like I'm just not doing it because my body's fighting something. And then when I'm no longer dealing with it, yeah, I'm going to eat those little gummies gelatin free. So it's just a matter of like, this is, it's, it's about, you got to throw that in there. <laughs> gotta throw that in there because I mean, you, you know how I feel about gelatin, but it's a matter of just, just, just know that we need to be real with our kids. And of course, I'm not going to start breaking, just spitting out all the vitamins and minerals that you get from all these different right. foods and, and why you should eat more protein and how many grams you should be eating for your body type and your, in your weight. I'm not doing that to my children, but mm-hmm. I want them to understand that mommy still enjoys dessert, but mommy also does a, just tries really hard to eat a balanced meal, a balanced plate and does the same thing for them. When they're like, I don't want to eat this broccoli. What's like, well, what, what, what vegetables did you eat today, sweetie? And they'll be like, I didn't nothing. Okay. Well then that's why we're going to eat it because your body needs it without it. How are you going to be strong? How are you going to be sharp? You know? So we, and the same thing with sleep. I mean, my focus is, is just like, I want to teach you how to be healthy because when you leave my house, when you leave my watch, I want you to remember these words because we know what it's like to be in college. 
We know what mm-hmm. it's like to be just be adults on a budget or with a, with a, with low income. Sometimes you don't make the best choices, and it's not because because you don't want to. Sometimes you just don't know better. You really don't, and and it is my responsibility to make sure my children do so. But one thing along those lines, I did want to share was that you know, and just thinking about this for our, just to talk about it today, I was just shocked to hear that um, body image issues start can start as young as four years old, right? Mm-hmm. And my daughter's four, so it, it struck. It, you know, really, I, I felt it, and you can even start at three. And even just thinking back, I remember recently we're talking about less than a month ago. I was in the car and my daughter said, I hate my body. And I was just like, uh, she has a very tiny voice. I was like, sweetie, what, what did you say? And she's like, I hate my body. And so I was like, okay, I'm thinking in my mind, like, did somebody say something? You don't need to talk to somebody. Or we won't have a conversation. But no, I, 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 and I was like, what do you mean? You know, what's going on? I love your body. You know, I think you have a very healthy body. And what's going on? And then she's just like, I don't like the way this dress looks on me. That's her reason. Okay, I can handle that. That's not a problem. But along those lines, what I want to say, sometimes we just need to ask our kids questions. When we hear them talk about themselves negatively, which will happen, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to come from us, we need to ask the right questions and then try to reframe it. Because unfortunately, in this day and age where we have so much at our disposal, in our phones, the internet, and and the kids are going to see stuff. Our kids are going to see stuff. Our daughters are going to see stuff and hear stuff that is going to influence them negatively and make them feel a certain way about their skin color, their hair, their body shape at a young age. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times what we can do is ask them questions, talk to them about it, but then also make sure we are talking to ourselves positively because then that's going to be reflected and it's going to come out and they'll hear That's right. Yeah, we got to model that, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, so my, you sent us a podcast episode, I think it's called make it simple by Andrea Allen. She was talking about body positivity and mentioned, she said this really cool thing that I liked. She had like kind of a list of do's and don'ts. And one of the things that she said was don't avoid photos with your kids ever no matter what you think you look like. And so not only is it good for you to model that, that you always want to take photos because the benefit it really is later in life, you have these beautiful photos with your children at every age, but you also are showing them that you aren't trying to hide anything about your body because it doesn't take very much for them to make the leap that mommy doesn't want to be in this picture because she doesn't like the way she looks I look like mommy. Should I not like the way I look? Yep. And that was so that, that just like hit me like a ton of bricks. Seriously. I just thought, oh my gosh, I never want her to feel that way that, whoa, well, I look like her. Should I not want to be in a picture either? I just never want to do that. But I just want to, I want to really compliment the two of you because you both have this atmosphere of health and wellness in your homes. You tell your kids that you're going to eat this food so your body can get stronger and healthier and you can play at recess longer 
or you can do this longer with your friends because you're stronger. And then you talk about food and the way that it's going to nourish you and give you fuel to do the things that you want to do. And you won't be sick as often. And you really explain it to them in this like very positive way, not, not like eat this because I said so, because you need to finish your food before you have dessert, but it's much more like a conversation, which will totally help sustain them through their adult life. Because like my said, you're kind of laying the foundation and the bedrock for that. So I'm so impressed that you all do that. So thanks for being such a good, such good role models for me too. I really think that real, that kind of wraps up today. You know, we've talked about mama trauma and the way we intend to avoid it with our own daughters. And I know that so much of this can be applied to any parent child relationship, but we hope that, you know, we're, we're, we have an eye on the long game for this. We want to raise independent, competent, strong women. And we're constantly trying to think of ways that we can do that um, better. So thank you all for talking about this with me today and until next time. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. Be sure to write a review and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at Fem Collective Podcast and continue the discussion by joining our Fem Collective Facebook group. Until next time, this is Femme Collective, where it's all about empowering connection through her perspective.